continue lifting him up this morning.
Resurrected King, by Your Spirit I've 
Good morning, Living Water. Is it good? I know it's morning, but is it good? Are you glad to be here? Your face tells a different story. So help me out. Smile at me. Let me see those beautiful smiles today. It's good to be in God's house. It's uh, good to see everyone here, uh, kind of trickling back in after all the quarantine stuff. And, uh, you know, I know I was thinking about this morning when it comes to uh, gathering together for corporate worship, how important that is for our families. And I don't know if you're the same way I am, and it feels like life is just busy, with a capital B. And I remember when the kids were small, we were busy with Kids Inc., sports, cheerleading, track, music stuff. And I remember thinking how crazy life was, and we thought, man, if we could just ever get past this season and get into summer, then things will slow down a little bit. Mm -mm. I learned that there's another level of busy at summertime. And so that cycle goes on and on and on, and finally we think, well, the kids get old enough, they get into the school system, out of kids' zinc, the coaches take over, we can sit on the, in, the, in the bleachers and just enjoy. No, it's, it's still busy, and I'm finding that even in the grandparent season, excuse me, grand dude, as a grand dude, uh, it's just still as busy, if not busier than it has been in the past, and it's almost like the snowball, you know, the snowball effect that uh, just that exponentially getting bigger as time goes by. I don't know if you're that busy, it feels that busy. Uh, and so I said all that to say this, I think that in all the crazy busyness, it is so important for us to make being in God's house and worship together a priority. And I wanna thank you for carving time out of your busy schedules to come and worship with us at Living Water. I sincerely mean that. When I say I am glad that you're here, I mean I'm glad that you are here. Question is, are you glad to be here? All right, speaking of... Uh, crazy, spinning out of control. How many of you are feeling the crunch of the, the chaos that's in our world? And, and just when you think it's gonna, we're gonna get a, a chance to catch our breath and things are gonna lighten up a little bit, we hit the next wave of crazy. Um, I learned a new term this week that I'd never heard before, and I think it's kinda traced back to 2019 when we started really using it. Uh, but I was listening to a, a talk show, uh, news 
uh, on, my, on my truck, driving down the road, and I heard this gentleman use the phrase, cancel culture. How many of you heard that so far? Cancel culture. And so in a nutshell, what it, what it means is if I'm offended at something that you're doing, you're saying, or something you believe, then I'm going to do what I can to get you to cancel that, to get you to quit doing it. And so we're going to take statues down. I mean, Bubba Whitten, the professional golfer, is taking the Confederate flag off of the General Lee. Who does that? It just feels like there's a lot of stuff getting canceled. We want to defund the police. Have we really thought this thing over? Defund those that are there to protect and to serve? I mean, it's gotten so bad that we're defunding Paw Patrol. <laughs> Think about it. That's a cartoon, folks, that, that cast the law, law enforcement in a positive light. Oh, we can't have that. So we're going to pull that off the TV. Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? Cops, gone. It's been on the air since Moses was a little boy. Live PD, it's just crazy. Lady Antebellum is now known as Lady A. It's just getting nuts. In fact, one of the, the words that a gentleman used was absurd. It's getting absurd. I really got offended when I heard that they took away Elmer Fudd's gun. I don't know about you, but that's just something you don't mess with Mr. Fudd and his gun as he's hunting the Waskali rabbit. It's crazy, isn't it? A little absurd. There's a lot of noise, a lot of chaos in the world. And then the question becomes for us as followers of Jesus Christ, we still live in this world, but we're not of this world. We're citizens of the United States of America, but we're also citizens of the kingdom of God if we are in Christ. And then we consider the world with all its crazy, with all its chaos, with all the noise. And you have to ask the question, how are we to walk in the midst of all of this chaos? See, God's word doesn't change. Um, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the way he's always called us to walk, he didn't change his mind. Oh, well, they, they, they canceled cops? Oh, we got to change the plan up. I mean, God doesn't do that. He doesn't change. And so he's got a standard for us. And the question is, how do we continue to walk out our faith, or how do we navigate through this thing called life in the midst of the chaos? I'll ask it another way. How do we live above the noise? There's a lot of noise in our world today. Amen? Whether it's politically in the culture that we're in today or whether it's on a personal note, there are so many things in our lives that are just noise. It, it may be just distraction, busy, but noise. It's always going, always going. And we're tethered to technology, and it gets even more difficult to discern how to live in a way that honors God in the middle of all the chaos, to navigate through life, and to live above the noise. And so if you'll turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 4, a few verses there, and we're going to also look at John chapter 10, and then I'll come back to Colossians. So Colossians 4 and John chapter 10, and the title of the message is Above the Noise. I, mean, I believe it's possible for us to live above the chaos, above the noise, um, and I believe that there's never been a greater time for us to do that in a world that needs to know who God is, and God loves all humanity and is one that none should perish. Amen? So in Colossians chapter 4, the apostle Paul is writing this little epistle, and you'll notice in all of his epistles there's a theme there. He'll use the first half of the epistle. Um, it's usually doctrinal in nature. He's teaching us the truths about God, who God is, what God has done through the gospel. And the second half of the, the epistle is usually always practical in nature. It's how to live out your faith or how Christ works out our faith through us or how he works through us, how he uses us. Uh, and so that's the case here. We're in Colossians chapter 4. It's at the end of the letter, and he encourages them to something that is extremely important. Before you turn me off and you think, I'm saying I've heard this before, please, um, if you have ears to hear, let you hear what God, I think, still is speaking to the church on the subject of prayer. because. Also, with a lot of noise, the question is, is how do we hear God in all of that noise? I don't know about you, but I, I still want to hear God direct me. I want him to lead me um, in this life. And with all the noise, with all the chaos, I want to know how can I tune in? How can I hear him in the midst of it? So um, chapter 4, verse 2. Before we, pray, before we read it, let me, let me pray. Is that okay? Okay. The rest of you have to just get over it. I'm doing it. Father. I love you. I trust you. I realize this is your word. Your word is perfect. It is, God, it is productive. You use your word to change us, to challenge us in this thing called life. And I pray that we don't just hear some words that are shared today, 
But Father, we hear you speaking to us through your word. And that you would challenge us, Lord, to uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind as we open your word. Let us reveal the truths from your word. I ask it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's pray. Let's, let's read it. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, devote yourself. Say devote. Okay, so devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. He says, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Paul is in the midst of a bunch of chaos too. He's in chains, in prison for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, hey, pray for me too that I will have the boldness to proclaim the most important message ever, ever said or mentioned on the face of the earth. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? This is important. This is of great significance, and pray for me that I'll be bold enough to continue to proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And he's back to them now in verse 5. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive or seasoned with salt so that you will have the right response for everyone. So as we consider all the noise and all the chaos in our world today, how do we live in the middle of that? How do we navigate through a crazy, noisy, busy life? And more importantly, how do we hear our Father in the midst of all of the noise? There's a beautiful picture that is used throughout Scripture of the relationship between um, God and His Son Jesus and us. And um, the picture is of Jesus as the shepherd. How many know He's a great shepherd? He's the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. He's a good shepherd, but it refers to us as sheep. Now, I get a little offended sometimes when I think about, you know, why did, they, why did God choose to use sheep as the image for followers of Christ? I'm like, God, do you realize sheep are dumb? Mm-hmm, I do. You realize sheep always have to have somebody to lead them and take care of them? Mm-hmm, I do. That's a perfect illustration, Shane. Okay, I was thinking lion would have been cool, but sheep. All right, it's sheep. Sheep it is. He's a great shepherd, and we are the sheep in his pasture. And so in John chapter 10, Jesus, in one of the I am statements, there are a few of them throughout the gospel of John, I am the gate, I am the door, I am the bread, I am the the water, the living water. And so um, in chapter 10, we see two of these, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. Let's read that one. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Aren't you grateful that the shepherd, Jesus, sacrificed his life for your sins and for my sins? That's a good shepherd. He lays down his life for the the sheep. He sacrifices his life for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. I love this. God is no respecter of persons. It's no longer this camp, that camp, but there's going to be one camp, and he is going to be the shepherd of one flock. So when it comes to hearing him in the midst of all the noise or living above the noise, I want to give you three things in that passage that I believe that we need to, to do, to understand, to know in order to hear his voice in the midst of all of the, the chaos. And the first one is, uh, and it may seem like, Shane, all right, you're preaching to the choir, but bear with me for a moment because it's the most important decision of all is what we do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the first thing is to know, the K-N-O-W, to know the shepherd. Do you know him today? Listen, he says, I have my sheep. Well, you have to understand that there are those that are not his sheep and he he loves them also and Jesus died on the cross for them to be made right with God also but the first thing is we have to know 
the shepherd. The most important decision that you and I can make in this life, and I know I say it all the time, but I don't care because it's the most important message that we can proclaim. It's not what we will do for a living, where we'll go to school, who we'll marry, all that stuff. It's what do you do with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you submitted your life to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you recognize that you are a sinner? As scripture says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, no, not one. That we all miss that mark of perfection and because of that it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the gospel to understand that Jesus came out of heaven, perfect, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for the sins of the world, your sins, my sins. He didn't wait till you got everything straightened up first. The Bible says while we were still in our sin, he died for us, was buried in a tomb, and on the third day he was raised from the grave. We celebrate that, that he's alive today. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So do you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? And more importantly, have you confessed to him as your Savior, have you yielded your life to say, I recognize that I can't save myself. I recognize that I can't make myself holy. And on that day when I stand before you at the end of this time on this earth, there's nothing that I could do or say that's going to give me a, a ticket, if you will, into eternity other than the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Christ plus nothing. Amen? Do you know the shepherd? We need to know the shepherd First off, he said, my sheep know my voice. The second thing that we need to understand and and do is to listen to the shepherd. Say, listen. All right, so you know the shepherd, and, and they're the sheep in the field. They know them, but he says, we need to listen to his voice. I have other sheep that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. Um, they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. We need to listen to the shepherd. It's getting difficult to do that in a noisy, crazy, chaotic, busy world, but we need to listen to the shepherd. Years ago, we did a, a little visual for the youth group. Is before this building ever existed, we were in the old building across the parking lot where we did church, and, and uh, one evening during youth, we took all the chairs like you're sitting in, and we just rearranged them, and we made a huge maze. You know those fun mazes that have a beginning and an end, and you just kind of navigate your way through the maze? We, went, we made a huge maze, but then we, we said to the youth that was going to go through it, uh, okay, you have to be blindfolded first, and you can't use your hands. So you can't see your way through the maze, and you're not allowed to use your hands to feel your way through the maze. You're going to walk through this thing totally blind and without the, the use of your hands. But listen, I will guide you through it. And I remember just standing in front of the student about two feet away, and I was walking backwards through the maze. And I said, here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to give you instructions as we walk, but I'm not going to yell. I'm going to keep it just on a, a level uh, volume, and I'm just going to just tell you step by step, okay, three steps, stop, turn right, turn left, and so on and so forth. You're thinking, okay, that's pretty easy. If they listen to the voice, they're going to be able to get through the maze. But here's the fun part. I told the rest of the students, okay, you guys create a bunch of commotion and, and, and create havoc. And if I say left, you say right. And, and you say go. And I say stop. And just do everything you can to confuse them. Oh, we had fun. And it was kind of chaotic for a little while. And you can see the student like, huh? you know, just wondering, who am I listening to? And, and yet I was there in the same voice. Take three steps towards me. Good. Continue walking until I tell you to stop. Okay, turn right. I think it's a great illustration of how we need to tune into and pay attention, even amidst all the chaos and the noise, to listen to his voice. In Kings, it talks about Elijah hearing from God, and it says there was a storm, there was all this stuff, and it says later after all that was there, there was this gentle breeze, and it was God spoke in that. We believe that God speaks in just a still, small voice. And somebody says, why does he, why does he not just yell? I mean, I'm a hard-headed guy, and I wish that he would use like a megaphone and get right up in my ear, you know, right up in my space and go, hey, Shane. But he doesn't do that. He, he, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to yell because he's never far away. He's always with us. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Amen? It's be encouraging to know he's right there with us in our time of need. He's just a whisper away. So he doesn't have to yell, but he does guide us. We need to listen to 
his voice. Now, God speaks in many ways. And let me just say this. I believe that God is still God. And I believe that he's able to do anything that he wants to do. In fact, I told the first service, if he chose to use the horse and the pasture next to the church to start speaking to us, most of us would freak out, get our phones out. This is cool. But I believe God can still do that. He doesn't change. Saying that's a little bit out there. Hey, he did it in the Bible. He spoke through a donkey. He speaks through one every week on the pulpit of living water, right? I think God is not limited. God can do anything he wants to in many different ways. He spoke throughout all creation. And, and, and while he can, I don't believe he does that as much anymore. Audibly, I think if he spoke to us audibly, most of us would pee our pants. I mean, just being honest, be very intimidating. But he still speaks loudly and clearly through his written word. Somebody say amen. This is God's revealed word to us, and he speaks to us. In order for us to listen, we need to get into this thing. We need to hear what his word says, not just on Sunday morning when the pastor says, open your Bible, but to get into the habit of the discipline of opening the word and saying, God, I need to discern and learn your voice so that I can listen to you and get guidance for my life. That's what we need, isn't it? Guidance for our life in a crazy world, living above the noise. There are plenty of opinions, plenty of uh, uh, other people just chiming in on how we should do X, Y, and Z, but we march to the, the beat of a different drum, and so we want to hear what he has to say. So to listen to him, we, we open his word and we get to know his heart. Uh, another way that he speaks to us through is, is through godly counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel there is safety. So you may not be versed in the Bible very well, but you're in, in the middle of a situation you're like, I really don't know what I should do today. And, and so the Bible says there is safety amongst, amongst the counsel. So you find somebody that knows God's word and you say, hey, here's something I'm going through. What do you think I should do? And then you, you get somebody else in the same field there, in the same camp, and, and then the multitude of counsel and we can discern what God's direction is for our life. God still speaks. He speaks through people. He speaks through wise counsel. He speaks through his word. He, spe he speaks through the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us. If you just consider that for a moment, that when you place your faith in Christ, I just love this idea that God that created the heavens and the earth, that holds it all together, yeah, that God, omnipotent, powerful God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when you place your faith in Christ, he says the Holy Spirit of God comes to indwell within each one of us. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit of God will also bear witness to the truth, and he will lead us, and he will, he will guide us. So he speaks as we're alone, and we're just pressing in and saying, God, I just need some direction. And it's just like the Holy Spirit goes, hey, you remember that verse? Oh, yeah. Now, can I just say this? The Holy Spirit will never, ever contradict God's word. He'll, he'll never ask us or tell us to do something that is in direct violation of God's written word. And I say that because years ago, I had a gentleman come to me, and he was very sincere, and he said, Shane, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to leave my wife. I said, man, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of rebellion, a spirit of lust. It's some other spirit. But it's not the Holy Spirit of God because God's word is not going to contradict what the Holy Spirit might tell you to do. Amen? But he still speaks, and we need to listen to his voice. We need to know the shepherd. We need to listen to the shepherd. There's a, a cool illustration um, on, on YouTube of, of a farmer, and he had a bunch of different people out in the field, and there was a field full of sheep. And he had two or three volunteers, and he, he let them get up to the, the fence, and he told them, you know, what words to use that he uses to call the sheep. And one by one, they get up, and they start calling the sheep. And the sheep, man, they're just eating their grass. Their heads are down. They don't even act like those people exist. And that person gets done. They're defeated. They didn't work. And the next one steps up and does the same thing. And the next one, and finally, the old farmer steps up, and he starts talking to the sheep in the same language. And one by one, you start seeing heads pop up. Bink, bink, bink. And as he keeps talking to them, they all started just funneling in, and they all just came to him, and the, and the crowd was just amazed. Listen, that's the difference between a shepherd and someone that's not a shepherd. And he says, if, you, if, if you're in his fold, you know the shepherd, you listen to his voice, you recognize his voice. Amen? Do we recognize his voice? There's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of distraction and chaos and noise. Do we recognize the voice of the one that says he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, the one that says I'm with you in your time of need? The one that's always just a whisper away, do we listen to the shepherd? And I think probably one of the most difficult things 
is not the listening to the shepherd. Because you can go to church and you can hear a sermon and go, oh, that's exactly what God's word says. Obviously, we're hearing God's heart for us. Or you get counsel and someone says, hey, I'm struggling with this. And here's what the word says. And you can give them good, godly, biblical counsel. And so sometimes listening, while it may seem difficult, it's not as difficult as a third thing. And that is this one word called obedience. Anybody else struggle with that today? Man, I do. We need to obey the shepherd. So when the shepherd leads us, we need to follow him. He puts it this way. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. And so where he leads us, we follow. He speaks. We obey. The old hymn says, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. But it is difficult sometimes walking out that obedience because sometimes <laughs> he, he, he speaks to us and he, he gives us direction and we go, oh, la, 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 did not want to hear that. Woo. Forgive? Do you, no, they took away FUD's guns, man. Come on. They want to defund the Paul Patrol. I mean, you know, we, we look at these things and we're like, I, I know what your word says. And, and so mm, sometimes we want to block that out. We don't want to hear, but we need to listen to the shepherd. But more importantly, we need to obey what he tells us to do. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? He's going to say, if you love me, you will obey my commands. James puts it this way. Don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Did a, a wedding yesterday, and I always try to use the parable of the wise and the foolish builders because that's exactly what this is about. Jesus tells the parable of the wise and the foolish builders and how the wise man built his house on a solid foundation. A storm came up, and you know that was noisy. The rain came down, the winds were blowing against the house, and the floods began to rise. And it says that that house stood strong because it was built on a solid foundation. And in contrast to that, that he said there was the foolish builder, and the foolish builder built his house on sand. The same noisy storm blew in. The winds, the rain came down, the floods rose, and it says that that house had a great crash. It just was demolished because it was not built on a solid foundation. All right, yeah, I get it, Shane, the foundation of Christ. No, Jesus interpreted his own parable, and he said, those who listen to these teachings of mine, listen to the shepherd. It says, those who listen to these teachings of mine and put them into practice are like the wise man who built his house on a solid foundation on the rock. We need to obey the shepherd. See, I believe it's still possible, even in the chaos, even in the noise, to tune in, to tune out or turn the volume down at the outside distractions. Some of them we can't get rid of. Um, help me out with this one, Mom. If you heard this one a few times, Mom, 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 Mom. Oh, it's too real, isn't it? They don't do that to dads. It's like, you're bothering me. Get out of here. Go ask your mom. Mom, mom, mom. And it's hard to get that, that time. It's hard to find that place. I went yesterday out to the roadside park and texted my wife. And I said, hey, I'm going to be out of the truck for a minute. I'm leaving my phone in there. I just need to pull back from all the distractions. I need to get out of my office. I need to go just sit for a while and, uh, and spend some time in prayer. And I went out to the roadside park, and it was just whew, it was good. It was refreshing been in my office before and thought, you know, I'm going to just unplug everything. There's a lot of noise going on that sometimes you don't even realize it's a noise or a refrigerator humming and a light or whatever and turn off the lights, unplug everything, and I'm like, whoa, so quiet. I'm not used to that. But trying to just be intentional, being um, stubbornly adhered to, if you will, this discipline of prayer is getting harder to do in our crazy, busy world, isn't it? But back to Colossians 4, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. The word devote means to persist obstinately. That just simply means stubbornly adhere to, to continue steadfastly, to, to make it a, a priority, to be intentional in that time, to say, God, I know it's crazy busy, and, and I want to get away and get alone and try to press in and hear your voice because I know you're speaking, and I know that you care about me and you want to lead me. And the world's crazy around me, and I just need some direction. I was thinking about Jesus, and it says uh, several different times, early in the morning while it was still dark, 
also said Jesus often withdrew to lonely places or desolate places to pray. And I think Jesus modeled for us something that I think might be uh, a decision that some of us need to make because of the busyness of our schedules and the chaos of the home. And we can get so distracted we don't have time to just sit down and try to hear the voice of the shepherd is maybe we need to take Jesus' example and get up a little earlier while it's still dark, while the kids are not moving around and demanding whatever it is they demand and before the phone starts ringing and before life happens, just to get alone and spend some time listening to the shepherd and obeying him. Verse 5 of Colossians 4, it says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive or seasoned with salt. Salt's good, isn't it? I introduced salt to my grandson uh, a while back at the table. I said, dude, you got to check this out, Wes. And I said, lick your hand. And he's like, and he just licks his hand. And I was like, I did the salt on his hand. I said, now lick it again. And he lit it in his eyes, lit up. And he's like, ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Now guess what he does all the time? His mom goes, you taught him that, dude. Yeah, I did. Salt's good. Attractive. So that's the way our conversation is. When we devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind, see the temptation uh, when, when we pray, when we try to spend quality time with the Lord is um, to be distracted. Yet Paul says here with an alert mind, that means to be awake, to be intentional, with an alert mind and a thankful heart. The other temptation I think sometimes is we can approach him with just a, a list of complaints about all the things that are not working, but how many know that no matter how bad it gets here, we still have the promise of eternal life with him if you're in the gospel if you're in hell, amen? So with thanksgiving, with an alert mind, devote yourselves, adhere to, be steadfast, continue in prayer in these crazy, chaotic times. And when we do that, listening for his guidance, we can live wisely among those who are not believers. How many of you know the world needs to see those that are faithfully following the shepherd? living our lives in a way that is a testimony to those that are outside of the faith. When they see peace, when they see calm in the midst of chaos, there's something about that. When they see our speech, and I would say this was written way before social media, so before they see our speech and hear our speech, those that have spent time with a father, that speech is gracious and attractive. It's effective to those who are on the outside looking at the hope that we have, and hopefully we get the opportunity to share that hope. Amen? Make the most of every opportunity, and we will always have the right response. Now, I don't know about you, but I think you consider all the things that are going on lately, and there are many, many, many opinions about what we should do, how we should respond, what we shouldn't do, and why this person's wrong or why that person's wrong. And at the end of the day, it's noise, especially, as I said last week, if it's without love, it's just a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. There's a lot of noise today. And I already understand and know that I march to the beat of a different drum. I don't want to listen to all the noise. I get caught up in all of this junk and the chaos. I really, especially now, want to be intentional at pressing in to my shepherd that loves me and it gave his life for me and say, Lord, I need you to guide me. I need you to guide my family through this chaos. I need you to guide us as a church, as a community through this chaos. Do you, do you catch what I'm, what I'm saying? I think today, above all days, is a great time for us to rediscover the discipline of, of devotion and prayer and listening to the shepherd's voice and obeying what he leads us to do. Even in a culture that says, that's so backwoods, that's old school, you old fuddy dud, one of the words they used to use when I was younger, in a world that sees our way as upside down, just saying, hey, listen, we know that one day we'll stand before God, and we'll be accountable. And so, you know what? He's already told us what we should do. And if we listen to his voice and obey his voice, I'll, I'll deal with, with him later. I'll let him deal with me, rather. I'm not going to worry about what everybody else thinks. Amen? Our world could sure should, should use that. So what is this for you today? What is your next step? Uh, have you placed your faith in Jesus? Are you a part of his, his fold? Are you one of his sheep? Is he your shepherd? He's speaking to you and, and, and he's drawing you. It's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit draws us. No man can come to the Father unless he's drawn by the Holy Spirit. So if you have that conviction, please don't sit on that. Don't just say, you know what, I'll deal with it later. 
but respond to him, trust in him for salvation. And listen, you don't have to wait till you get all your stuff fixed up first, but just as you are, recognizing that you're a sinner and then he died for you as a sinner and he rose again and because he lives, you also can live. Amen? If that's you today, I pray that you'll take that step and trust him for salvation. For all those of you that are like, yeah, I'm already in Christ and I know he's my shepherd, yeah, it's cool. How are we doing on the listening part? I mean, it's not because he's not speaking. He's, he's speaking. He's spoken. He continues to speak, but are we listening? And for some of us, maybe it's just rearranging the schedule and setting an alarm, making it a priority, maybe leaving the phone at home. I know, wow, who would think of something crazy like that, right? Withdraw, get away from all the noise, and just try to spend some time uh, with our Father, with our Shepherd. And for some, maybe it's, uh, you already know this, you're like, Shane, I know, and God's been working on me because um, it's not in the listening part that I struggle with, but it's the obedience, and there's some things that I've been doing that I know, I know, the shepherd's telling me not to or he's leading me away from, and then maybe for you, it's just repenting of that, confessing that as sin to him, saying, shepherd, lead me, and then taking a step in obedience. I've said it before, i said all the time, unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. It doesn't do anyone any good. When we take his word and when we apply it, that's when we build our lives on a solid foundation. And we need a solid foundation in these really crazy, shaky times, don't we? I believe he's calling us to live above the noise. And more importantly, I believe he's equipped us in Christ and the gospel to be able to do it. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for not leaving us without an operation manual. Uh, on this, this earth, Lord, in all things, with relationships, whether it's just these chaotic times when it comes to fear, worry, anxiety, you speak on it. Lord, you've been speaking all along. The problem is not with you not speaking, it's with us not hearing, and it's either because we don't want to hear or we have so much noise around us and we're not intentional at tuning out the noise or pressing into you. So, Father, I pray that today you would help us to take a step of action. To take a a step toward you, to listen to your voice, to get into the habit of spending time alone and getting into the word and surrounding ourselves with godly counsel, all in an effort to just hear your, your voice, to listen to your voice. It's interesting if you change the letters around to the word listen, it just can be respelled to to silent. Or for some of us, it just means getting still, being silent, and letting you speak to us. Father, help us to be obedient to what it is that you call us to do. Help us to be the example of the world that we're in. Lord, that our conversation, whether it be through social media, whether it be vocally with our, with our mouths, that it would be gracious and seasoned with salt. It would be attractive to those who hear it or see it, read it. so that we would know how to answer everyone in every situation because you're with us and you love us. Lord, and you, you are speaking and you want to speak. So, Father, as um, we sing in an old song, where he leads me, I will follow. Lord, we want to follow you today. We want to be obedient. So help us to take a step toward that today. Lord, we ask it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.